Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Let's start with walking and sore knees. Sore knees are the curse of the middle-aged, but bioengineer Tor Bezier from the University of Auckland thinks we could stave off the need for joint surgery for a few years by learning to walk better. To make that happen, he and his students are developing an ankle bracelet and smart socks that would work with a mobile phone to give instant feedback as you run or walk. Alison heads to the Bioengineering Institute to meet Tor and student Daniel Chen. We were interested in seeing if we could change the way people could walk. And you might think, why would we want to change exactly why. Why, why or how people walk? And the answer to that is osteoarthritis, which is a burgeoning problem, particularly in our ageing and overweight population. More and more people are getting this disease, and this is a degeneration of the joint. And cartilage is that material that's at the end of our bones. It provides a frictionless environment, means that we can walk around pain-free. And what happens is if there's damage to the cartilage or through a natural ageing process that that cartilage is worn down, it ends up being very painful and preventing people from performing their normal activities of daily living. So we pose the question, well, first of all, why does this degeneration occur? And we think mechanical loads are, are primarily involved. And then the next thing is, well, where are our mechanical loads coming from? What, what's causing the loads in this tissue? And one of the main things that we do is walking. And you can imagine then the cumulative loads that you get throughout the day from walking around on our joints can give rise to this local mechanical environment that can influence this tissue. So the question then is, can we change the way we walk and change the loads on our joint? So we did some research, preliminary work, which was done by some PhD students of mine and Stanford that showed that indeed we can change the way we walk and the way we do that is to provide feedback. And that feedback might be through different modalities. One of the ways we experimented, first of all, was visual feedback. So if you have someone walking on a treadmill, you can give them some visual feedback about what the loads are in their joints, and we use computational mathematical models to do that. And then we ask the person to do different things. You know, you might kind of trunk sway and and walk like a penguin. You might move your feet in so that you kind of uh, walk in or, or toes out. Pigeon total duck foot. Pigeon total duck foot, exactly. These minor changes in your posture during walking can have actually quite dramatic effects on the joint loads. The effect we can have by making these minor adjustments can be as dramatic as having a surgery where you cut away a piece of bone, it's called an osteotomy, and you realign the joint. So we were very excited because we said, here's a way within, say, five or ten minutes you can reduce the loads by the same effect as having a dramatic surgery. So we said, look, this has great potential, clinical potential, and so then the next step is, well, how do we get this in the clinic? 
And unfortunately, the way that we'd done all these experiments involved very sophisticated equipment. It's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. That, you know, it's not the type of thing you would have readily available in a clinic. And so the other interesting questions that we started to think about was, was how to make these changes in these people, people's walking gait. We got interested in this area of, of haptics. So haptics it means tactile feedback. And one of the most simple ways of, of providing tactile feedback is through vibrating motors. So these are the little pager motors that you have in your cell phones. How might we use these sensors if we strategically place them on the body to give you feedback about the loads that you experience in your joints? I successfully uh, applied for a Marsden grant to, to continue this work. And so Daniel then, for the past three years, has been investigating some of these questions. You know, where should we put the motors? What type of uh, arrangement of these motors could we use to inform or, or trick us into thinking that we should be moving in a certain, in a certain manner? We started looking at, you know, what are the different ways a human can um, sense touch? because that is the primary way we wanted to give people feedback. And one way that was previously done in previous experiments was using vibrations, like Tor mentioned, using basic uh, vibration motors. And we've seen that, that it's effective. You can give people kind of on-off you know, sensations. If you placed one on either side of the foot, you can tell them you know, whether to go towards the body or away from the body. The problem with using a single method of um, feedback is that once you want to start altering different, you know, multiple parameters, people start getting confused when there's vibrations, you know, lots of different vibrations happening everywhere. One area we looked at, which was very um, seldomly explored, is skin stretch. It's basically stretching your skin to the left or to the right, giving people, you know, some directional information. And we saw that it was possible to give people skin stretch feedback. Um, we did, you know, experiments on that. The difficulty came when we tried to make um, a portable device with it. So we started looking around, back to using um, vibration motors, but is there a way we can create different modalities but using the same kind of technology? So I started looking into um, illusions that you can give people using multiple vibration motors. So the device that we have right now is um, an array of four vibration motors which will be um, around the ankle. So it's essentially an ankle bracelet. But instead of providing on-off vibration feedback, telling someone, you know, whether to turn their foot to the left or to the right, you can give people stroking patterns. So we did research in the past year on what are the optimal parameters for the um, vibration motors. You know, how long do you stimulate someone? And um, what is the delay between each motor to give someone a reliable impression that, you know, there is something stroking them to the left or to the right. We did experiments with people, and they were able to recognize, you know, the stroking, you know, to left or to right, you know, above 90% accuracy. And this is while walking as well. So we did this, you know, on the treadmill. And so this, you know, immediately opened up, you know, a world of possibility. We can give people multiple ways of feedback in a very compact and simple device. Well, let's look at the device. If I give it a shake. I can hear it vibrating. Right. So basically, the device is measuring um, acceleration in real time. 
And um, if you think about, you know, the applications of this, you know, if we made it small enough that people would want to wear, then we could, you know, strap it on a runner. They could run outside. We can measure their accelerations in uh, real time. And in real time, we can record all that data. And also, while they're running, we can supply them with um, vibration feedback, notifying them, okay, your running technique is a little bit off. There's lots of loading in your legs. You should probably watch that. And that's one application. And the other one we have is the one demonstrating the kind of stroking. If I hit the buttons on the, on the smartphone app, what happens is um, the motors will take turns actuating, So the, 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 the pulse the... runs across the... Right, it runs across. And basically, essentially, what the person would feel is as if there was a stroking on, on their foot. So if it goes left to right, they'd feel the stroking in that direction, right, right. to left in the other direction. Right. And that's what I was talking about, giving people different sensations. Yeah, let's do an experiment with Alison. I, th I think <laughs> she's looking at this device, and I think she really wants to put it on and see what's going on. Okay. Right. So would you, you like my left leg or my right leg? Uh, whatever you prefer. I have my, put my right leg forward. <laughs> right. Roll my jeans up. Right. Oh, it runs across my leg. Yeah. But can you tell which way it's going? Um, that felt like it was going from my right to my yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just intuitive, isn't it? It is intuitive. So basically, we're giving people kind of like a left stroke, right stroke, and, you know, you don't even need to teach someone that. And that's the good thing about this technology is, you know, people can pick it up straight away. And this is how you get it out, you know, away, you know, outside the clinics, and you help people learn really quick, you know, how to retrain the gait. Wearable technology is becoming uh, a bit of a buzz. A lot of people are interested in this. There's a few startup companies here in New Zealand in this space, which is great. And I think everyone's realizing and recognizing that for this technology to take off it almost needs to be ubiquitous. It needs to be built into the clothing and that kind of thing. And this is actually something that Marcus has explored in, with his internship. You know, he came out thinking he'd be doing some engineering things, and the first thing and, and probably the most important thing he's learned is how to operate a sewing machine. So we've been, we've been playing around with soft sensors as well. Our colleagues uh, who created a spin-out company from the Bioengineering Institute they have a company called Stretch Sense. We've featured them on our Changing World before. So, you know, they've got some really cool technology as well that can measure motion. And these soft, stretchy sensors, what Marcus has done is actually built a sock that has those sensors embedded in it. So the idea is that you don't even think about this, you know, you just put on your socks and the little bracelet can attach to those sensors so that when you move your foot, the little stretch sensors can sense where the foot's going, then the vibrating motors and the, ha the haptic system that Daniel's developed can give you the feedback. When I started with the project of the sock, it was more like trying where to put the sensors into the sock because it was important how many do we need. Do we need more than four? Do we need five, six? It depends like how much will it cost in the end. And we also did special things like how to attach actually the sock and the sensors to the bracelet because we wanted them to, u to, to work as a unit. So you can either just wear the bracelet just for your threshold or if you want to have the feedback, where is your foot going, how is it moving, you can just put the sock on, attach both together and then it will work together. So you said you had to work out the optimum placement for the sensors on the foot. Where did you decide was a good place on the sock to have them? We tried to locate them around the ankle. So you have like, this is where all the movement's pretty much going, and the sensors work by stretching. So if you're moving your foot, there's always something that is stretching. And by having four of them, there's maybe one of them is not really following the movement, but you have three other sensors that are actually moving with the foot. 
it follows the shape of your foot quite nice. So it's if you put it on and the sock and the sensors actually everything is together and you put it on, you can barely feel that there is something else than just a rigged sock. So it's just nice and snug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One fun experiment that Daniel and Marcus came up with was to put on the sensing device, which can give you this intuitive sense of going left and right. And so Daniel made Marcus wear the device and then he pushed him out the door and said, like, you can only turn when you feel the device turning. So he had him walk around the block and down the street and go through a bit of an obstacle course without receiving any feedback except for the device. And he could, you know, manage to, to track the exact direction and location without getting hit by a bus that, that Daniel had, uh, had designed. So we had this kind of... Um, fun discussion about, well, wouldn't that be a cool device for people who are visually impaired, right? You, you put on your socks and your socks tell you where you should go. You can get some intuitive feedback about uh, direction and, and, uh, and heading. So we thought, well, that's a neat little spin-off application. So, you know, this is one of the great things about doing basic research. You never know where it's going to go and you're quite surprised, I think, by the results. So where to from here, having got to this stage? Well, we, it was always our intention to trial this on real patients. So if you, for example, um, in your early 50s, you start to get that niggling knee joint pain that we were just talking about, and you start to think, well, gee, you know, is this an early sign of osteoarthritis? Is my cartilage you know, finally starting to wear down? This is when we would want to intervene and say, let's assess or analyse your walking gait and we'll develop a model, a computer model that can estimate the loads in your joint and then we'll give you the feedback to say how you can reduce those loads. And by our early indications that we've, we've done some experiments on, on patients show that this can be effective. Within three weeks of training, you can reduce the load so you can learn your new gait and after six weeks you have reduction in pain. So that's an early kind of experiment that we've done. We'd like to expand that using this method that can be outside the clinic so then we can give the people the device, they would walk away, they would come back to us and we would then determine how quickly they've learned and how much pain reduction we've had, you know, how much success or efficacy the, the intervention has made. So that would be the long-term goal uh, at the end of this year, which we hope to get to, is to do a, a clinical trial with patients who have early onset of the disease. And that was Tor Bezier from the Bioengineering Institute at the University of Auckland and the MedTech Centre of Research Excellence. You also heard from PhD student Danielle Chen and intern Marcus Haller, who are both involved in the Marston-funded research. That's all for now, but you can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ underscore science. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.